Well, good day, everybody. So glad to be back with you once again. And uh, I'm just so thrilled that you've tuned in to KITV. And I just pray a blessing upon each and every single one of you before we start. And uh, again, before we start, I always have to go to the Lord in prayer. So if you would join with me, uh, we're just going to ask the Lord for his leading, for his guiding, and for the power of his spirit to just come and uh, touch our lives and teach us from the word. So, Lord God, we thank you for your awesome love. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your blessings that you've given to us. We thank you for another day, God, to come into your presence and to magnify you and exalt you, to learn from your word. And so, Lord, we just ask for your Holy Spirit, Lord, to touch our hearts. You ask, Lord, that you would just allow the Holy Spirit to teach us from your word. And, God, I just pray that for each and every single person that's listening, to the sound of my voice, that God, that you would just touch and bless and fill. Move upon their lives, O oh God, in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray, amen and amen. So guys, last time we came together, we started talking about uh, being vessels of praise, and we just kind of touched a little bit about creation, and we touched and talked a little bit about um, being a masterpiece or being, a work, being the workmanship of Christ Jesus. So I'm going to go back to the start of our scriptures here. And so Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 8 to 10 says this, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves it is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, for good works which God has prepared before him, that we should walk in them. Guys, that scripture verse right there says that we are created to do good works. God has created us for good. God has created us for good. I'm going to say it again. God has created us for good. And you see, when we begin to look at ourselves, sometimes we again see all the faults and failures. We see all the lack of. And so what I want to do is I want to just take a moment and I want to say, let's take our eyes off of our limits that we have and let's put them on to the master who is limitless. So in order to recognize that, we need to recognize who Jesus is. So if he is the one that is the master, if he's the one that's the creator, well, let's talk a little bit about who Jesus is here. So if I go back, there is something that I kind of wrote down here about who he is. And so I'm hoping that it begins to bless you as I begin to speak out these words. And I wrote this down. And, and so I would encourage you that if you're struggling with some of the things of who Jesus is or who you are in Christ Jesus, that you just write them down because there's something very powerful when you actually see it and as you begin to speak it. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But right now, if we were to just talk about Jesus himself, these are some of the things that I wrote down not that long ago. And I said, Jesus is the King of the Jews. He is the King of righteousness. He is the King of ages, the King of heaven, the King of glory. He is 
is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. No barriers can hinder him from pouring out his blessings. No means of measure can define his limitless love. No far-seeing telescope can bring into visibility the coastline of his shoreless supply. He's enduringly strong. He's eternally steadfast. He's immortally graceful. He's imperially powerful. He's impartially merciful. That is my king. And if you know Jesus, you can come, you can say these things along with me. You can give a big amen and a hallelujah and come into agreement with who he is because this is taken right from the word of God. So that is King Jesus. He's God's son. He's the sinner savior. He is the centerpiece of civilization. He's unparalleled and unprecedented. He's preeminent. He's the loftiest idea in literature. He's the fundamental doctrine of true theology, the miracle of the age, the superlative of everything good. He is the only one able to supply all our needs simultaneously. He's available for the tested and for the tried. He sympathizes and he saves. He heals the sick. He cleanses the lepers. He forgives the sinners. He delivers the captives. He defends the feeble. He blesses the young. He serves the unfortunate and he's regarded by the aged. He rewards the diligent and beautifies the meek. He is the key of knowledge. He is the wellspring of wisdom. He is the doorway of deliverance, the gateway of glory, the pathway of peace. He is the roadway of righteousness. He is the highway of holiness. His promises are sure. His light is matchless. His goodness is limitless. His mercy is everlasting. His love never changes. His word is enough and his grace is sufficient. His reign is righteous. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. He's incomprehensible, invincible, irresistible. The heavens of heavens cannot contain him, let alone any man try to explain him. You can't get him out of your mind. You can't outlive him and you can't live without him. The Pharisees couldn't stand him, but they found out they couldn't stop him. Pilate couldn't find any fault in him and Herod couldn't kill him. Death couldn't handle him and the grave couldn't hold him. You see, that is King Jesus. He's always been and he always will be. He has no predecessor and he has no successor. There is nobody before him. There'll be nobody after him. You can't impeach him and he's not going to resign because he is the master of the mighty. He is the captain of goodness. He is the head of the heroes. He's the leader of the legislators. He's the overseer of the overcomers. The governor of governor, the prince of princes. He is the king of kings. You know, in Matthew 6 and 13, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen and amen. You see, that is who King Jesus is. That is who we are part of. That is who we have been uh, brought into the very kingdom and made a new creation in Christ Jesus. And you see, there's an excitement when you recognize the very kingdom of God. There's an excitement when you walk into the very presence of God and, and understand that the kingdom that you're walking into is one that is not small. It's not things that even we would see in this world. When we think of kingdoms, when we think of princes down here in this world, we think of maybe all the, the money that they've got and the things that they spend on and, and the lavishness of what they uh, release money to. Let me tell you, King Solomon, when he had the tabernacle and built it, if you were to try and build a tabernacle today, they say it would cost about $57 million. Guess what? In the very kingdom of God, $57 million doesn't mean anything because he is limitless in his supply. 
The Word of God says that we'll walk on a street of gold. I'll tell you, if that's not something to get excited about, let me tell you, you need to just turn your eyes back and recognize where you can be going here. Uh, so let me tell you, there's an excitement getting saved. There's an excitement understanding that the very King of all creation loves you so much that He died for you on a cross and wants to bring you into everlasting joy, everlasting peace, and everlasting righteousness. You see, and sometimes that's just a bunch of church words that we might use. But what it means is the good news is that Jesus wants to bring you from a place of being downtrodden and being in a shameful state to a place of position, a place of prosperity, a place where God says, Oh, I want to bring you into my presence and I want to, I, I want to bless you and I want to, I want to just, uh, re- Release my passion upon you and ravish you with my love. And so when we recognize that the very kingdom of God is filled with those things, there's an excitement to, to willingly uh, lay our lives down on the line for Him. As long as you see where you're going. And sometimes we get short-sighted and we just see things that are down here in this world. But I want to try and, and pray and, and, and implore you to look beyond the things that we're seeing in this world today. And so even if we can go back to the time of creation, we have to recognize this. If we go back into Genesis 1 and chapter 5, we recognize that God creates and God has a plan when he creates. So in Genesis 1 and 5, this is day one. He created light and darkness. And then in Genesis 1 and 7, he made the heavens and he separated the waters. In Genesis 1 and 10, in day 3, he made the earth. Now, watch this. Because what God creates, he intends to fill. So on day 4, in verse 15, he made the sun and the stars for the day and the night. So the light and the darkness, he now puts things in there. In day number 5, he made birds in the air, sea monsters, and every, little, and every living creature. So that's in verses 20 and 21 in Genesis chapter 1. So now he's filling the heavens. He's filling those things. And now in, in uh, day number 6, Genesis 1 and 27, now he creates man. You see, what happens is that God says this in his divine will. Whatever I create... I intend to fill. How much more is this exciting for us? That when we look at the time of creation of man, there is something that begins to happen. You see, because man was nothing more than just dust from the earth. God began to take his hands and he began to form him. And what he did is he began to form man in his own image. But something very powerful is beginning to happen here. And as we look in the very word of God in Genesis, that how man came into being is that God breathed his breath into mankind. You see, because what God creates, he intends to fill. Now you are a masterpiece of praise. You are a masterpiece created in Christ Jesus. You are a vessel of praise. You see, because the very nature, the very life of God was breathed into Adam. And when God breathed into Adam, Adam became life. He became a man. And you see, here's something that's absolutely awesome. Guys, we begin to look at the next phase of what God begins to do. And so Adam 
Adam says, you know what, he was basically alone. And God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And so God caused Adam to fall asleep. And when Adam fell asleep, God took a rib bone. And what he did is he created a woman from Adam. You see, here is a very picture of Jesus Christ himself. You see, when Jesus Christ died on the cross, there was something that was that was within him, but he had to die in order for that to be released. But when he was released, when he died, there was something that was released. You see, that, that spear was thrust into his side, and out came the water and the blood from his side. But something more powerful began to happen, because the Word of God says this, That which is born of spirit is spirit. That which is born of flesh is flesh. So let's just get down into basic biology here. Mom and dad come together. That which is flesh make flesh. So what's happened is when you become born again by grace, you become a new creation. There is something that is reborn from Jesus. The same way that Eve came from Adam, so is the, the very same for the church of God. That from Jesus, who is the head, who is the second Adam, out from Jesus comes the, the bride. And this is the church. This is the new creation. This is the exciting part now. Because what came from Adam was someone in his likeness. It was someone that completed Adam. It was someone that, he, that, that brought joy. How much more from Jesus, when we look at this, when Jesus came down and took on the form of man. See, he took on, uh, he took on this, this body that was able to sin, that, that was able to... to to bear shame that was able to be hurt. You know, he was the king of glory that we just talked about. He, he was matchless in so many ways, and yet he decided, no, I'm going to put all that to the side because I have such a great love. I have such a passion. And then from that very passion, he went to the cross and he died for you and I. And because he went to the cross and because he died, out from Jesus now comes the very bride. Now out from Jesus, comes the new creation and you see that is something that one day when we see him the word of God says that we're going to be like him and because now we're going to now we're going to see that this flesh is going to take on immortality just like Paul talks about in the very word of God and because of that we recognize now that we don't just have to wait till that day that we see him but we have an opportunity to, to see the word of God and recognize wait a minute I am a new creation in Christ because of what he done and because of what he has created he plans to fill and so now I want to talk about one thing here what does he want to fill you with well he wants to fill you with this power he wants to fill you with the spirit he wants to fill you with the with the presence of the Holy Ghost you see when we begin to look at in uh, at the very beginning of time we recognize that the Bible says in Genesis 1 in the beginning was God and that word God is the word Elohim and Elohim is Father, Son, and Spirit. It's three in one. So they weren't separated. They're all there. And this goes beyond our comprehension of thinking about, well, 
how is God always there? God always was, He always will be, and He always will be forevermore. We can't grasp that, because even if we try to go back a million years, there's God saying, hey, how you doing? If we go back a billion years, God's still there saying, yep, I'm still here. If we go back a billion times, a zillion times, a million years, it's still God there saying, hey, how you doing? See, we can't grasp that in our minds. All we can recognize is time, but yet God is eternal, and God steps out of time and basically holds time in His hand, and He's still there. And when He begins to look at you and me, He begins to say, oh, there's someone that I want to pour my love into. There's someone that I want to release my passion to. There's someone that I want to release my fire to, and I have waited for so long to do so, and I've known you before you were even created. See, it comes from the very mind of the Father. It is spoken by the very Word of God. And if we recognize what, what the Word of God says, it says in the book of Revelation that Jesus is the Word. It says in John 1 and 1 that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. So the Word is Jesus. So we have to recognize that it comes from the mind of the Father. It comes through the spoken Word of Jesus Christ, and then it is and then it is executed by the Holy Ghost. You see, because in the beginning, when we talk about in Scripture, it says that the Holy Ghost brooded over the waters. So there was something that needed to be done. The Holy Ghost was there. He wasn't doing anything yet. He just brooding over the waters. But the thought came from the Father, spoken by the Son, and executed by the Spirit of God. And so when we recognize that there's a plan for each one of us now, and a destiny, just like what Jeremiah says to us, that God... Then Jeremiah 1 and 5 says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And then in Jeremiah 29 and 11 says, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to give you a future and a hope. So we have to recognize that before we were even born, God knew us. God had a plan for us. God's love is there for us that He wants to pour out. And so we have to understand that what God creates he intends to fill. And so what I would want to do right now is I want to pray for you that the Holy Ghost absolutely fills your very being. And so I'm asking you as you would take these words to, uh, to allow them to sink deep in your spirit. I pray that you would just take the Word of God and that you would allow it to resonate with you. You see, last time we talked about the fact that our very DNA is a song that we can put out and play. I want to go just a little bit deeper into that. Sometimes there are, there are songs that kind of get out of tune, get out of line. You know, the first times that they began to recognize this was they began to take the cells out of a, 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 a rat that had cancer. And so what they did is they took that cancer cell and they began to put it to this music. And what they found out is that it was note for note exactly uh, Chopin's funeral march. And so we have to recognize that there is something within our very DNA that, um, you know what, that, that is important. And, and we also know that Chopin also died from something that was basically eating him from the inside out. So that would be a cancer. So I, 
it, you have to recognize that there are things that you can do that are going to affect your natural body. And there are, there's a time when you just have to come into alignment with the Word of God and who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, you might say to me, well, you know what, is that something that, that just happened? No, I'm going to say this, and that's, or sorry, not that it's just happened, but that, that he was created to to, to uh, release a cancerous song? No, that is not it at all. What I am saying, though, is that they have also discovered that if you take sound and you begin to put yourself into the same type of atmosphere, you'll find that your body begins to be affected by different things. So one of the things that, that I used to do is I used to be uh, involved in selling things to the military. And one of the things that they actually get into is um, sound weaponry. And so they found that high-pitched sounds can affect the nervous system. Low-pitched sounds can affect the uh, circulation system. So we can go into that a little bit more uh, at a later time. But, you know, basically at the end of the day, those high-pitched noises, if you hear the scratching sounds of nails on a, on a chalkboard, it makes your skin crawl. So that's your nerves that it's kind of hidden. Whereas if you go somewhere and you feel the thundering bass of, of the subwoofers out there, you know, you can feel that right in your heart. And so I love Southern Gospel music. And sometimes they used to say when, when you get those... Um, really low bass singers in there and they pound them out you know through the subwoofers you know anybody with a pacemaker you got to be careful because what that would do is that could interfere with the actual uh, repetitions and beatings of your heart and so it would be a caution that they would present to the people that are there and so in the same fashion if you get yourself into, a, into an area where you're constantly listening to things that aren't right, your body can be affected. So if you're in a situation where you need healing, if you're in a place where you need to be encouraged, if you're in a place where you just are down and out, I'm going to suggest to you, get into a place where you can come into agreement with things that are good, things that are holy, things that are righteous, things that are going to encourage you, things that are going to bless you, you know, and if, it, music is such a powerful thing, and maybe you're not a musical person, but I'm going to tell you something. It doesn't take long when you begin to start to think about the good things of God, when you begin to think about His nature, when you begin to think about who He is, when you begin to think about who you are in Christ, when you begin to think about your home in heaven, when you begin to think about that which I was in the past is no longer who I am today, and no matter what that old devil says, you can say, no, 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 no. I am saved, I'm born again, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus Christ. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life, not because of anything that I've done, but because one day His grace was sufficient that He went and died on a cross for me so that one day where He is, I might be also. And it's He that looks after my comings and my going, my rising up and my going down, so that everything that I am and ever will be is all to the grace and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you begin to get yourself into that position, when you begin to get yourself in that understanding and come into agreement with the Word of God, it's not going to matter how bad you feel. There's going to be something that supersedes into your life and your body is going to come into agreement and it's going to begin to release a sound of praise and you're going to start to feel something stir up within your very nature. It's going to release a good thing. It's going to release a fragrance and it's going to start to bless yourself and bless all those that are around you because you're beginning to stir up that which God has put within you because 
because what he created, he intends to fill. And as you begin to release that, God says, oh, that cup is empty. I need to fill it up again. So he begins to pour out his spirit into your very being again. And there's something that continually begins to overflow and begins to happen. And as you begin to release that praise, as you begin to release that adoration unto God, there, the, the surroundings that you're in can't help but be affected. How do I know that? Because the Word of God talks about Paul and Silas that were thrown into the prison. And while they were there, there was something in their very nature that says, even though my body is hurting, I've been whipped, I've been bloodied, I've been beaten, I've been bruised. And it didn't matter because they still came together that says, I need to praise God for who He is. And they began to sing praises. And when they began to sing praises, even in their situations where their bodies were broken and hurting, there was something that was released and it began to break open the prison doors. And let me tell you something, as you begin to step into alignment with the Word of God and recognize that you are a vessel of praise and that you have the ability to release that sound and see the prison doors open up for those people around you. It's not just for yourself, but it's to allow the very kingdom of God to be established on earth as it is in heaven and to see His very victory be released in those that are around you. You see, that is what you're made to do. You are made to resemble the very image of God. You are created to, to be creative in this world. You see, just like in the beginning, when God created Adam, He breathed into him. He created. What did Adam do right after that? Well, there is something that, that he did. He started creating the names of all the animals. And now from Adam came Eve. And so there's this beautiful, this beautiful scenario that's always going around that's being portrayed before us. Let it be known so much today as you're listening to me that you have a destiny to be creative in this world. And as you begin to praise and exalt the Master, as you begin to magnify Him, there is an absolutely powerful release of the Holy Ghost that is going to be made known in this world. I guarantee it. You have, you have giftings and talents in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not in and of yourself, but it's all in Him. And when you sacrifice all that back to Him and give it all to Him, His power and His fire is going to be released not only to you, but those that are around you. So just before we go, I want to speak blessings upon you. I want to speak a release of the Holy Ghost into your life. I want to pray that you are absolutely filled to overflowing with this fire in the name of Jesus. So Father, I thank you for everybody that's listening. And I pray God that everybody that, that is listening would know that they are a vessel of praise, that they have purpose, that they have destiny. God, that they have uh, a calling upon their lives, oh God. And that, God, that you would fill them to overflowing. That, God, as they begin to magnify and bless you, that there is a sound of praise that is released, O oh God. And that the sound, O oh God, that is within them, O oh God, begins to ripple out and affect all those around them. God, may it not be that of the funeral march, O oh God, but may it be that of life. May it be that of peace. May it be that of hope. May it be that of power. May it be that of Holy Ghost fire, O oh God, that is released upon their lives and released 
through them to other people. God, I pray in the name of Jesus that if there are those that need healing, that they would come into alignment with the sound of heaven, that they would come into agreement, O oh God, with the sound of heaven, and that they would begin to release that which you have placed within them, O oh God, that it would be a sweet sound in your ear. God, we love you and we praise you. And God, I pray in the name of Jesus that everybody that's listening right now, O oh God, that they would be filled with your Holy Ghost and fire, that there would be something so powerful that affects them, O oh God, that when they lay their head down at night, O oh God, that they can think of nothing but magnifying and praising you. God, I pray that there are moments, O oh God, throughout the day that they have to stop to praise you and to magnify you and to love you just for who you are because you are so awesome and so great. God, I thank you for this time. I bless each and every single one of them, O oh God, and I, I just pray, God, a blessed day, a blessed week upon them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want prayer, uh, reach out to KITV. I know that there's going to be uh, some emails or some phone numbers that will be presented out there. Uh, my email will probably be put on there as well. You can reach out to me. I'd love to pray with you. Bless you. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. Have a great day. Bless you in Jesus' name.